BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I walk in and they zip on this dress and I remember it was a size zero and I already knew by the time they put it on me that I wasn't going to fit into this. And I was so excited for this day, ready to go. And the zipper wasn't going to go up because it didn't fit my chest part. There was like 20 people around me. It was insane. I was like, I'm getting really like, imagine you can't fit in the jeans and you're embarrassed just in front of yourself. Mine was in front of a group of people. And I'm like, oh God, this cannot get worse. (laughs) Hey, everybody, and welcome to RealPod. I'm Victoria Garrick, former D1 athlete and mental health and body image advocate. Every Wednesday, I'll be bringing you awesome guests, weekly inspiration, and the realest conversations around everything and anything. Now let's get real. Welcome back to RealPod, everybody. I hope you're doing great today. I don't know about all of you, but I've had a week where I've been seeing the highlights on social media and just feeling like there is so much online. And sometimes it's great, sometimes it's not, but I just felt really overwhelmed. And sometimes we see these people or these accounts and we feel like we want to be as happy as them. We want to look like them. We envy what they have in some way. And it's really important to have a reality check and remind ourselves that everybody is going through something, no matter who they are or how they look. And today's guest is here today to drop some major bombs of realness on us. And I cannot wait. There could not be a better person to have this conversation with today. Joining me is Sophia Stallone. With over 1.3 million followers on social media and the last name that is recognized in probably every household, Sophia is one of Hollywood's It Girls. But what people don't know about Sophia, and I want everyone to know this, and you will as soon as you hear her speak, she is so down to earth. She is smart. She is kind and she is real. Sophia shares the reality of her experiences in the modeling industry, detailing the pressure she felt to fit into tiny sample sizes, and ultimately she shares with us why she decided to part ways with that industry. And then we talk about her lifelong battle with anxiety, how she's learned to accept and own that side of her while also seeking help from a therapist. And Sophia also explains how she navigates the single life, which I love. I'm excited to have that conversation because that's a combo I think a lot of you want to have. And I have been able to have that because of Max, but it's okay, Max. We love you. And also how to weed out social climbers from genuine friends and how Sophia's managed to stay so normal despite life in the spotlight. So if you find yourself fantasizing about having millions of followers and comments online, I'm so excited for this conversation with Sophia because she is going to show you how everyone is experiencing the same struggles and the same insecurities. So let's get into this episode with the one and only fabulous and beautiful Sophia Stallone. Okay. 
Okay, Miss Sophia, welcome to RealPod. Hi, (laughs) thanks for having me. I'm so happy. Of course. I feel like this has been such a long time coming. Oh my, I've been listening to you talk and do this for a while. And I was like, oh my God, I really (laughs) want to come on one day. And you've been killing it. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited. And we'll talk all about your podcast, which I know is coming out soon, Unwaxed. Can't wait to dive into that. So if you'll get some behind the scenes juice that you'll share with us before it comes. Of course, of course. (laughs) I'll give you all the deets. But you and I, I feel like are in such similar situations right now. And it took us Mm -hmm. a while to meet. We had so many mutual friends, but I think both of us, like I remember the first time we met just immediately connected on this life after graduation situation. Instantly. I feel like (laughs) at lunch, we had that lunch and we were just talking about everything that was going on. We're like, it was right before COVID hit. And we're like, oh my God, like we're just trying to figure out our lives. We had all these things planned and like everything's falling apart. And I'm like, oh God, this feels like after college. And I didn't know what I was doing with my life. Now it's like coming back all over again. Right. And you and I both moved back home, lived with our parents, lived with our families. And that for me was a struggle. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's, I mean, we're hitting like month six at this point. And I always think I have COVID every week. And I think it's totally psychosomatic. It's weird because I feel like I'm an adult living as a 16 year old. So I get told to like, do the dishes. I get told to like clean my room and it's great to have my family around constantly, but I also, I miss my space. I do miss like having that little independence of not being around everyone 24 seven. Exactly. And I don't know if yeah. you can relate to this, but I feel like the person I was in high school is so different than the person I am now. And oh, totally. when I go back into my like home environment with my family, I kind of resort back to an old version of myself and I don't like her. <laughs> I'm so, so I'm so much more like calm, cool, collected when I'm having a debate with someone or arguing about something, I will lash out. Like I'm having a tantrum. I'm like, what is going on with me? This is not me. My mom is telling me to calm down. I'm like, this is, I'm definitely like not the, the age I am now when I'm here. I'm like, I, I have to like sometimes step back and go, okay, Sophia you're not going to junior prom or something soon. Like you're still right. Like you're trying to figure out your life. Come on. It happens because we think about all of our past memories, at least for me, like with my brothers, if they say something that if my friend said, I maybe wouldn't care, but I would disagree. They say, and I think about like every childhood traumatic incident we've had and fights and like who I know them to be. And I also think I treat my family maybe the way they used to be as well, like in their old selves or like when we were in high school. So it's just, it's been a weird. It's been weird. No, it's definitely. And I think that when going back to even graduating from college, coming home was even almost even harder than it is now. I was just thinking how I was with a bunch of friends and we were having this whole schedule planned for us. And then we come back to this life where we think, okay, we have all these things laid out for us. We know what direction we want to hit it to. Uh, the job opportunities are going to come and all of a sudden they're not. You're, you go from having this kind of structured form with teachers and students and class schedules to you're your own boss. Like you get, you have to make the decisions. Like you need to wake up on time. Like things don't come to you anymore. Like you, no one's going to hand you a test and be like, finish this or here's a paper. It's <laughs> right. due by Friday. No, if you're doing it on your own, like you're, you're, you're the same position as I am it's really up to you. Like my ideas and dreams were like all thrown at me. And I didn't, I had to realize I had to work hard to actually get them at this point. I mean, I work hard in general at everything, right. but this is a different type of motivation. It's really, you have to rely on yourself and go forth with that and it's learning. Cur- it's learning. Yeah. 
<laughs> it is learning for sure. Did you feel isolation? Did your friends stay around you or did a lot of them disperse? Cause that was difficult for me. Yeah. I feel like most of my friends did stay here, but they were not surprisingly in kind of the same position as I was. They were trying to figure out what they wanted to do with their life and they didn't love their first job or they didn't love the first place they were living in. So everyone I can, I think kind of isolated themselves a little bit just because they almost were in a little shell shock post-college. But, and it was really hard because no one talks about it unless you're the first person to bring it up and that person. (laughs) The college four year, I think there's so much hope in that period. There's so much, what are we becoming? We're all like on pursuit of something. And then when you graduate, you feel like you're supposed to be at the finish line. (laughs) Always. But I think that's, I don't know if maybe if it's our generation too, things are so instantaneous and we believe that things can just happen so quick. My mom always says you have to zig to zag. Like you can't go from point A to point B and think I'm just going to fully succeed. No, you have to really, you're going to go through those ups and downs. And I mean, I don't know why I didn't assume that, but I think now feeling it, especially now as a young adult, no more college, like all the plans I had before, like you were like, okay, I need to finish high school. Then I finished college. All that's nice. And now it's up to you to even manifest what you want for the future and how you're going to get there. And you realize every month it changes. And so that's, I think the hardest part is like, how do you learn how to go with the flow of things if you're not like that, which I'm not like that. So (laughs) (laughs) learning lesson. And you had a lot of growth in the college period with your platforms, just with who you were. What was freshman Sophia like? What were you even thinking about your future? And kind of how do we, what did you like your college experience? So I think overall, I loved it. I think it gave me exactly what I wanted from a college experience, which was it had the great education. It had the football team. It was just like the classic college life. I made a ton of friends here and thankfully they, most of them stayed in California, but I Definitely was not the same person from high school when I went into college. I I had to learn, okay, let me be a little bit more confident. Let me go out there. But it did give me a lot of anxiety going out through college. And then once we hit sophomore, I hit sophomore year, we did this thing called the Golden Globes, which was really cool with my sisters. And we were kind of just thrust into the spotlight. So it wasn't like I had a normal college experience. I went from being this little kid from the Valley High School going into USC, and then all of a sudden were on stage working like all around the world. And I had to balance college with that. So what was that like from not really being in the spotlight to that Golden Globes experience? Was that a conversation with your parents where they were like, do you guys want to do this? And did you guys even realize the magnitude of how many people would be watching you? Oh my, this is the thing. So we went into it, all three of us, my parents raised us to never be in the spotlight. They always wanted to keep us as normal as possible get good grades, go to high school, go to college, get your degree. They really wanted to keep us out of the whole actor's world and, and modeling world. And so once we did this- They didn't I, do too well. No, I'm kidding. No, no. So the <laughs> is, I, was thinking, I was like, do I want to do this? Do I want to get into the spotlight? But I'm really not that person. If you get to know me, I'm more of like, let me just be behind the scenes. I'm a quirky person and I can do, be on camera, but I don't love that stuff. And so- I don't even think I had the time to process the magnitude of how it would turn out. I was like, oh, people are going to be excited because we're Stallone's daughters. And I get that people don't really know us, but I didn't think it was going to turn into what it did, which was we were on the cover of Hollywood Reporter one day. And then all of a sudden, like Harper's Bazaar. And then one week we'd be in Tokyo and one week we'd be in Italy and China. I, I just, I never... I think sometimes today I'm like, I can't even believe I did that. And I'm so mm-hmm. glad I did it because 
it's an amazing experience. And it's whole, I mean, people kill for these opportunities and adventures that I've had. So I'm so grateful for it. But it, you had to grow up really fast because you realize people judge you, like people criticize you on everything. Like people were, there were announcers at the Oscars that were like making fun of us for being like stolen daughters. You had to almost roll with the punches. But when you're, I mean, 20 years old and my sisters were like 17 and Scarlett was like, I don't know, 15. Yeah, it's a little difficult. Well, there's so much that comes along with the glitz and glam that's not yeah. glamorous, which is the trolls, which is the judgment, which is the assumptions. Yeah. And you can't just pick and choose. It's either you get both or none. I'm actually yeah. starting to get more hate than usual. <laughs> I think it's just- Good luck. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> I have like, my platform is so small compared to yours, but like just starting to get into that world, you think like, oh my God, how can I like make, filter these out, these little comments here and there. But then you realize, I keep coming back to this Paris Hilton quote. It literally, I'm, it's, I'm obsessed with it right now. It says, you know, you're the best when people you don't even know hate you. <laughs> Can't you just see her saying that? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, if she can handle it and she is, has the biggest platform of anybody and she owns it and she goes, it's inevitable. But even in day-to-day life when people are not famous, you get the same type of thing, even if it's just a smaller group of people. I mean, you get that everywhere. And so you just have to learn those people are probably not in a good place. And I put my heart out to them and I hope they're okay. And I mean, I actually would love to give you a hug. <laughs> I'm just, so yeah, have the sympathy. I feel the same way because yeah. I would, I could never comment that. So you just have to imagine like the hurt in their heart. But yes, yeah. getting kind of stepping into the spotlight and embracing all of that led to many opportunities. And I know you kind of dabbled in the modeling world for a little bit. Yeah. Was that the same sophomore, junior year of college? And what was that experience like for you? So I never thought of myself as a model. I was not that person. My sister, she has kind of the I would say like the classic high fashion model body. And I'm so glad to say that it's now all the standards are different. It's great that everyone gets to pursue what they want. You don't have to have a certain image, but I mean, still in that world, there is a certain way of how you look. And when I got into the world, I was kind of just thrown off my feet. I mean, I appreciate the jobs I've gotten and the experiences I had with it, but it was really hard because I definitely I'm not I have the boobs and the butt I'm not a size zero and when we were doing these shoots the amount of times that you can actually even ask my sisters like we've had times where they would have these beautiful little outfits and then they would put this oversized shirt on me or this oversized skirt on me all the time and I I first I'm like oh this is just like maybe a weird thing that they're doing but it ended up being something that was a trend with every single company I worked with and I realized they're trying to hide my body they're trying to hide the, yeah. And they were trying to hide the, my figure and I have a, a womanly figure. And so it was, it's, it was really at the time. And now I have a totally different perspective on it was really hard for me to balance my, a positive self image because I thought I had to look like all these girls. And so I'm like, I'm not that girl. And I had to keep doing these jobs. And so it was almost like reinforcing the idea. Oh, am I not good enough? Am I not good enough? Right. And Taylor Swift just said something kind of similar you might be able to relate to when she opened up about her body image struggles in her documentary. She mentioned how fitting that sample size, like showing up to that shoot and they have that one outfit there was kind of her little like, huh, well, I want to fit into this thing. And she slowly realized like that was not healthy for her. But it's wild because in society, like you are an extremely thin person. Like, so, and I would be considered that way too, right? Like we have thin yeah. privilege, even though we have issues. And so it's insane that the standard is so, so high and so, so specific that even people like you, who most people think 
have it all are experiencing like this weird body shaming if you're not so, so thin. This is the experience that I had in modeling that totally changed my mindset on how I perceive myself. And I feel like a lot of people should just do this in life in general. I was in New York and I got hired for this amazing, amazing experience. And I was so excited about it. I was doing it with my sister, Sistine, and it was a very high fashion company. So a lot of the stuff that they have, they hire these very petite models, but they were also hiring like some celebrities here and there. But I walk in, Sistine was like one and done, done, good. I walk in and they zip on this dress. And I remember it was a size zero. And I already knew by the time they put it on me that I wasn't going to fit into this. And I was so excited for this day, ready to go. And the zipper wasn't going to go up because it didn't fit my chest part. They were huffing, like, like angry at the fact. And the designer came over, the stylist came over and they were saying, God, now we have to hem it and like fix it. Okay. It's like the last minute thing. Like I have to, we have to do this before the shoot. And I'm standing there in the dress. They're still trying to push us together. And I, I, I'm a size six, four sometimes. Like I, I fluctuate here and there. I'm not a size zero. Like I can't fit into sample clothes. At that moment, I made a decision like that night because the next day we had to do the shoot. I was feeling horrible, down on myself. I hated my body. I was like, I'm so embarrassed. I realized, okay, anybody in my position right now would kill for this opportunity to be so happy to be here. Like girls are modeling and working so hard to get to where I just got and it was handed to me. Am I going to let that one experience ruin the entire memory I'll have of this whole experience? Or do I restructure myself and go, you know what? That's how they think. I love my body. I love myself. So I went in there. They fixed the dress. They had to anyways. <laughs> You're like, good. Fix the dress for like, me. Fix the <laughs> dress for me. I walked out there and that night we did it. It was fun. I went out and got eight slices of pizza with my friends, drank a ton of wine. And now I have a positive image of that day. And I could have easily just gone down to myself the entire time, been so not confident, gone into that day, like being very bitter with everybody, but you shouldn't. And it's not, I realize size does not matter. Obviously it's not about the size of your jeans. It sounds kind of cheesy, but it's the size of your heart. Mm. I mean, it's, but it's the amount of love you put into yourself, your family, your friends, your community. And in the end, that's going to be the domino effect. If you're positive with all those other aspects of your life, everything good is going to come to you. So I think that because I put out positive energy going, I'm not going to let this day get ruined. I had a great rest of the night and I had a great rest of the shoot. So that's kind of how you get to go into it. That's such an admirable outlook because I can recall many a times, um, no shame, like being in a dressing room by myself and the jeans don't fit that like there's millions of other sizes in the store and no one's with me. And I'm crying because I'm like, yeah. why doesn't this fit me? And then to be scrutinized like that with multiple people around you and then to there was like 20 people around me. It was insane. I was like, I'm getting really like, imagine you can't fit on the jeans and you're embarrassed just in front of yourself. Mine was in front of a group of people. And I'm like, oh God, this cannot get worse. <laughs> yeah. And so that's why I'm amazed you had such a positive outlook. Are you still modeling now? No, absolutely not. I can't do it to <laughs> save my life. It's definitely not the job for me. It doesn't give me any passion. I give a lot of credit to model. It is a tough industry. And my sister did it for a bit. And if you want your self-esteem or your confidence to be challenged, <laughs> get into the modeling industry. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm definitely a person behind the scenes. I mean, regardless, even though I'm starting a podcast soon, it's going to be recorded. But other than that, no thanks. I'm good. It's great that you do. And 
And it's great that you can look back with the positive experiences and the way you've kind of now that you approach and you have the perspective on the modeling experiences you had. And thanks for sharing all that stuff because it is the modeling tea that we needed to hear today. (laughs) Of course, I will spill all of it for you. (laughs) One thing I do want to ask, because you mentioned this twice about your sister, Sistine, is like she maybe has more of the look that they're wanting. How do you stay away from like working healthily with your sister, knowing you both are bringing different things to the table? I don't have a sister, so I'm not sure, but I can only imagine. Comparing yourself is the devil. And it's so easy to do. You, I mean, I, there's so many times I've looked at Sistine and gone, God, like, gosh, she's like these abs that just pop out and look great. She has like these little petite legs, but I realized I cannot compare myself to her because I can never physically beat her. I can only compare myself to me. And so I have always had, this has taken me by the way, I still struggle with it today. I'm not saying that I have all the answers. I'm like this wizard, but it's a daily, daily reminder going, she's her. I'm me. I love the body that I'm in because I love my mind. I love the way I interact with people and I love my soul. And so I thought about this. I go, I want to compare myself to future me. Like, how can I make myself better? How can I make myself more part of the community? Or how do I make myself a loyal friend? Or how can I better my relationship with myself? And so it does happen occasionally when I used to work with Sistine, I was like, God, everything fits in her two seconds. But I mean, she has her own insecurity. She probably looks at me and thinks, oh, I wish I had this part of her body on me, but she's my sister. And so at this point, I I love her to death. We've learned how to work with each other without even getting to that point ever, ever. Yeah. Yeah. And that's such a good, healthy thing because you never Mm -hmm. want something like that to come between blood. Yeah. Obviously the way you're looking at these things is super mature. And like you said, it took you a long time to get here. What was that journey like? And did something inspire you along the way? Were you tired of just being upset or trying to change yourself or how did you navigate to here? Because you're right. It's not a quick yeah. fix. Even though once you get there, it feels like hallelujah. <laughs> I know, right? You know, I feel like the outlook that I have now has been actually two years in the making. I mean, it's been since I graduated college because I've talked about this with you and I don't even mind talking about it now about mental health. And so I struggle with anxiety. And so I'm definitely the person that's like, what if, what if, what if, what if, and I'll create all these scenarios in my head over and over and over. And I had to really confront the things that I was having issues with. I couldn't lay them in the back burner because eventually they'll just boil over. And so I think this last year, because I've been so forth with what's making me upset, what's making me off, I have had to have this outlook where I need to be positive because if I'm not going things positively, then I'm not going to have a better outcome. I think it was also post-college when we were saying that that's just a really hard transition not knowing what I was doing, I was putting all those anxieties and those insecurities on the back burner and I was letting it kind of boil over. And so once I graduated, it kind of just hit me as a wave. Mm-hmm. And I decided, okay, I need to talk to someone about this. So I ended up going to therapy and I was, I'm not a person that likes to ask for help. I'm definitely a person that I like to help myself. If anyone says, let me drive you home. I'm like, no, can I help you do this? Like, no. Or like, are you having an anxiety attack? Let me talk to you. Like, don't talk to me. I got this. Like, I can figure it out. Was this the first time you ever went to a therapist? So when I was growing up, I've had, I've always had um, anxiety disorder for forever. And it's always kind of transitioned from separation from my parents or like being over worried where my sisters were. And so now today it's more on me, like how, how am I behaving or like what's that like future gives me anxiety. And so when I was growing up, my parents were like, they should, you should probably talk to someone. It's good. I went to probably seven different therapists. I hated them all. Cause I was like, no, I can do this. And so I never accepted it fully. And so this year 
or last year, I decided, okay, I'm at a really hard place in my life. Let me just talk to someone. Let me see how this is. Let me roll with it. And and it's totally changed my entire perspective on everything because I was able to also not talk to myself because if you're talking to yourself and you already have a problem, you're just like reinforcing everything. But I was able to get an outside source. And so this is basically the first time I was really consistent with it. I don't go to her anymore, but only because we're a car. We all need tune-ups. So eventually I'll go to her again when I'm already in that slump. But you have to hit almost rock bottom to know, okay, or like my version of rock bottom to know, okay, I need to, I need the tools and I need the people around me to get me back up to that good place. I'm so glad that you've been so open about your mental health struggles and your anxiety because it is something that a lot of people experience. And we've talked about the assumptions people make of you when they see your platform or they see what you're doing and they think, you know, you must not have any worries. You explained how that anxiety manifests itself in you. Mm-hmm. What are some of those go-to tools that you've learned that you'll utilize on a day-to-day basis when you feel yourself get anxious? I would say that normally I will go take a walk or I'll talk to one of my sisters about it, or I'll write it out. Everything is really, or meditate. Sometimes I'll just like to sit by myself and just take a deep breath. But so I have this thing where I need to just move around because if I'm in the same spot, like I love meditating, but it has to be a certain, I feel kind of mentally ready to do that because I get kind of bored after like five minutes. But I think walking and just getting outside of my environment, somewhere new, somewhere I can kind of see a different scene and not being the place where it was giving me stress has been really beneficial to me. And also just owning it and not saying that this is because when, when I have anxiety, this is kind of the best way to describe it. I feel like people that have not anxiety disorder or just anxiety in general, they're like, what are you stressed out about? Like what, what's going on in your life? Like you really have nothing. I don't have majorly things going on with me, but one day I'll wake up and I'll just say, I don't feel good. Like it's a feeling. It's not someone like someone did something to me and I just had an anxiety attack. It's more, I'll wake up one day and just feel off. And so if I just feel off and I already know that my day is going to be kind of a little bit more turbulent, I'll go on a walk or I'll go to a friend's house or just get out of the place that is the starting location of when my anxiety is like starting to come up more. That's a really cool coping mechanism because I can imagine the inside is hyperactive, overthinking, going, going, going. And then so to physically match up with that, you feel more in tune and in in alignment with it. So it's not like Mm -hmm. this, I'm super calm, but the inside of me is freaking out, which maybe causes you to freak out more. It's wow. I'm moving my body. Maybe you're running, you're walking and you're going, and then you're kind of giving this inner energy, a place to live physically. I love that. Yeah. And it's kind of sad that I didn't even confront this really sooner because during the times I was modeling and traveling and balancing work and school, I didn't really use those tools. I was kind of more, I'd hit, like all of a sudden I'd go up, 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 breaking point, panic attack, horrible something happened, explosion. And I'll be like, okay, everything's good. And then it just starts building up in waves. And I, that still sometimes happens. But if I can prevent it and just at least have the right tools and have the right people around me that know how to support me, then it's great. And I've, I love that I've been able to be more open about it and talk to my friends about it because you realize everyone is going through kind of the same thing you are. People, everyone has anxiety or everyone has fears and worries. And I mean, if you can be that person that has that experience and can share the wisdom with someone, you can be really doing another person a huge favor just by have, get sharing your own experience. Totally. And just even for me, and I'm, I know people who follow you and are fans of you, just thinking about the likes, the follows, the publicity, Mm -hmm. the fame, like it can seem as if you are otherworldly or just a different level. Someone who wouldn't experience anxiety, wouldn't experience insecurities. 
So what would you say to people that think the likes and the looks are going to be everything or they're going to be the answer? I would say that in the end, it doesn't validate you. I mean, you can only validate you. You are the captain of your own happiness. I mean, I definitely, there were days in the beginning when I was like, I need to have this amount of followers. And I was trying to, I was trying to be an influencer at one point. And really the whole point of kind of almost in feed and social media influencer is like, you want to get that engagement. You want to get those likes. You want to get that positive comments from all these people, but it doesn't really matter because I can go home. I'll take a, God, I'll take like 20 photos of the same position and then maybe one of them I'll like, and then I'll put just some filter on it and post out there. And everyone's like, whoa, she just took that one selfie and she just looks great. But I have my own off days. I bleed the same blood as everyone else. I'm a girl. Like I have my own insecurities about my body. I'm, I feel like we are so used to seeing this highlight reel of everyone's life that we just assume, oh, that person has no problems in the world. I'm trying to figure out my career. I'm trying to figure out my love life. I'm trying to figure out myself. Like, it's just like, I don't have perfect days every single day. And even if I come from a family that is definitely unorthodox, like it's not normal for everybody to have the things that I have. And I, I am very blessed on that part, but I am still a person. I'm human. I am not perfect. And I'm trying to figure out my life like everyone else. And so the likes don't mean anything at the end of the day. I like it for fun. I'm like, I post once a week. Great. Likes, okay, <laughs> keep it up. I'm still around. I honestly just post on my Instagram now to show people I'm not like gone. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not missing. No one has I'm to put out missing. like a missing persons report. That's or, funny. I don't, or maybe I just, just like once a week, I'm like, okay, actually I'm at the beach today. Let me just show people that I leave my house. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you being so candid because I know, and I've seen people like this who are super protective about the mask they're wearing or the image they're upkeeping. And I'm sure you see that as well. And I don't know if it relates to your anxiety, but I almost feel like speaking it aloud and owning what you're going through and that your life's not perfect and you don't Mm -hmm. have it all figured out quells you in a way because you're just thinking, oh, like I'm not, no one's going to figure me out because I've laid it all out there everyone can either take what they can, I mean, whatever I say can relate to me on that point or they don't. And I like to kind of break those walls down and go, okay, I, I'm just like everybody else. Just because my dad's name is plastered everywhere doesn't mean that I don't have those days where I'm just trying to figure it out. And I mean, I definitely am starting to learn this a little bit more about myself that it's okay to roll with the punches. It's okay to not know everything. And that's what, that was one of my biggest anxieties was not having things planned out. And I'm usually a person that's like, okay, this is the job you have to go do, go do that job. Or this is the place you like, go fly there. And now it's not like that. And so I'm like, okay, how can I be my own person? How can I set a path for myself? Like I want to write my own story. Like my dad has his own story, but I'm trying to figure out the chapters day by day. And this is part of it. And so yeah, I mean, I'm. that's why I love that I'm on this show just because I get the opportunity to speak like this and I don't usually. And I could not be happier that I'm doing it with anyone else but you <laughs> at this point. Thanks, babe. I love that. You mentioned figuring out your love life. And I think you're the perfect person to talk about this because I can't tell you how many times I have conversations with my friends who are like, I feel like I'm such a cool girl. Like I'm this, I'm that. And like, why can't I find my person? Like, why am I single? What have you learned through your independence and navigating that single life? Because it's something that I obviously can't speak on being in a relationship. (laughs) And so I think you can give a really unique message to people listening because there are so many amazing people who 
are single. And yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess I'll hand it off to you. Yeah. I'll say that that was, it's actually funny that you bring that up. So I was, as you know, like I was in a super serious relationship, like towards the end of college and I am not like a huge dater. I'm actually way more like relationship person or just like none at all. I don't casually. And so I, I was in a serious relationship and once I ended, I was really on my own. It was like post-college. Like I don't have my friends with me all the time. I don't have a boyfriend anymore. Now it's just me. Like I have to figure out myself. And so I would say what I've learned from now I'm, I mean, I casually date here and there and I'm starting to learn like my likes, my dislikes is that I realize that I don't need anybody. Like I don't need to have that person with me. I don't need to have that guy. It's only if I want it. I mean, I I've spent this time really working on myself and I figured, I realized that the more I've worked on myself and the better I've gone, the more people have come around me that I'm like, Oh, like actually you're really cool. Because by the way, not everyone's like, I've, I've gone on a few, quite a few dates. Like it's been a highs and lows. Not That's bad. Some bad ones. <laughs> I think the best way to go about it is keep going out with those guys, even if they're all frogs, even if they're not the best, you learn a little bit from each one that you like, what you don't like. And you but, learn about yourself. Yeah. And you learn about you, yourself. And I, it's, it's a shame if you get the first one and he works out good for you. I don't know where you find them, but (laughs) that's great. But it's, I mean, it's, it's fun. I actually find this really, it's enjoyable. I like learning about this side of myself that I didn't even like, I never even thought about before because I was in a serious relationship before, but just only when you want it, don't need it. You don't need it. I also think when you're looking for something or trying really hard for something, it never comes. It's always in life when you're just living your life and killing it. Something, Mm -hmm. the thing you want walks into your life, whether it's the person or it's just the career or the self-love, like when you're not focusing on it, it happens. Always. And I feel like that's been one of the biggest things I've also learned was that once I'm not focused on that one aspect of my life, when I'm focused on launching this podcast with my sister and make better relationships with my friends and my family, and then also working on how to better myself physically and mentally, that's when it comes to you. And that's when you want it to come to you is when you're at your best self. And so in the end, like if you force it so much, it's really not going to be natural. And that person that is the person for you, isn't going to be the one that's best for you. You want, you only want to have people in your life that you feel like, okay, that person can make me better in this area. Like I I never want to be with someone that's just going to keep me in the same place. I always wanted to have someone that's going to motivate me to even do better. Right. That's so great. Thanks for sharing that. It's always something I've wanted to talk about because I love talking. I'm a hopeless romantic. So, Oh my God. Same. I like love, 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 love is the best. (laughs) My favorite books are like romance books. I love romance (laughs) movies. And so many of my friends who are like the cutest and the most fun and awesome are all single right now. And they kind of all say the same things. And Yeah. And so I just, I think it's important. And that independent period is fun. Like I know I've I've been with Max for a long time, but my freshman year of college, I had guys I maybe could have dated, but I forced myself to stay single because I was like, everyone, I don't care who you are. You need to go to a bar. You need to get rejected. You need to go home. You need to cry by yourself because that's growth. (laughs) I've been, I've been ghosted. I've been left on red. Like I've had situations, I've had horrible dates. And so I mean, but that's the thing. One, they're funny stories that I think I'm like, great. I've had that experience. Like who cares? But I, you have to have those days. You have to feel like you have to know how to like go out with your girls and like not go out for like always with a guy. I think that, I think this is like the fun part of it. But since you found your person 
and you're able to grow with him and you guys are both so motivated with each other. That's per- that's like the ideal situation. It's funny though, because today Max said to me, he said, do you believe in right person, wrong time? And he just said it with no context. Like it could yeah. have meant like anything in life. Right. And I said, I said, yeah, fully. I said, if we met in high school, this would not be happening. <laughs> just <laughs> no, it's because- true. I would have wanted to know. I like saw everything that was out there in the world. So I never see myself as like a high school sweetheart kind of person for that reason. No, no, oh, neither, did, it, I, neither did I. I had like one boyfriend in high school for a couple months, but I was never like, I was, that was even like a fluke. I was like, I'm actually shocked that I even had a boyfriend before high school ended. But no, I, I feel like I do believe in the right person, wrong time, because I, that happens all the time. I mean, sometimes you guys are just not in the same space in the best place with each other. And so it's when you find that person's like, perfect for that moment, perfect for that time. It's like when it's going to be the best. And with all your dating experiences and just making friends and navigating a social life and just being Sophia, just the girl, right? Not everything people perceive you to be. Right. How do you navigate people with genuine intentions? Like guys who actually want to get to know you, girls who actually want to be your friend, not get posted on your Instagram. (laughs) You know what it is, is that I think I've learned that if I'm so genuine, I've always been right off the bat. You know exactly who I am. You know yes, my vibe. You're I'm, so humble and down to earth, which we got to talk to right after this. <laughs> oh, <topic>. we will. <laughs> um, but I feel like I've been able to now gauge who's being authentic and who's not. And I only surround myself with people that are just as open as I am. Like I'm, we're all goofballs. I like people that can just go back and forth with me. And I've had those experiences definitely so many times in college. And I haven't totally actually had it a ton in dating, which has been pretty nice. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously if they know the last name, like God, it will come with it, but I almost think that would spark fear. Like that would get you not dates as opposed to guys coming. I think I intimidate people because I come off so strong. Like, yeah, let's do this. Like, where are you going to go next? Like you're there everywhere, like up, down, sideways. But, um, I, with friends and it comes with that point, I actually have like a really good group of tight knit friends. I never, I'm never the person that's like closed off to meeting new people, but I, that's why I really make sure the ones that I know are the homies and the great ones. I really nurture it. I'm super loyal with them. And I make sure like I just keep them around. That's great. And yes, you are so humble and down to earth. And I oh, know we have mutual so friends and they have told me like you never pull any sort of high profile card. You never try to skip lines, like anything like that. And how have you stayed that way? Because I think it can go to a lot of people's heads when they get a million followers or something like that. You know what? My mom and dad raised me to never think I was better than anyone else. They never came up and they're like, you're a Stallone, like you're this, like you should know. No, they raised me very in an unorthodox way, in a traditional way. They put me through middle school, high school, college, I wasn't really like doing too many things out there. They really enforce like the classic things like say thank you. Always make sure that everyone that's helping you is doing, they're helping you. Like don't, don't sidetrack and not say thank you or just be kind to everyone. There's no reason to be mean. And so I, I feel like growing up because I already know people have assumptions about me. I almost go into every single relationship or meeting with like, open arms, like almost over the top, even though sometimes I feel like I shouldn't always do that. Like I don't need to overdo it, but I always want to make sure that if I'm around anybody, I'm just humble with them. But my parents really, they enforced all of that on me. They were like, always be kind, always be grateful. They never for one day, they're like, look at this, be blessed. Like, this is not normal. Like always know that you need to work hard to get to this point. Like you never can be lazy, always have that grit, like never just kind of flims through life. Like really 
if you're going to have all this stuff, like uh, make sure that you're extremely kind with it. Like never just think, have all this stuff and be like, this is mine. I'm working. Right. Like, know no. your privilege and that yeah. like this lifestyle is not yeah. very common. It's funny how you feel the need to kind of prove you're a nice, normal girl because <laughs> with Instagram and things like that, people can assume just what type of person you are, like make these assumptions. Yeah. And I do want to talk about Unwaxed, your podcast. And I know for promo, you guys were doing like a send in your assumptions about us. Girl, so <laughs> we recently posted on both of our Instagram pages, write yeah. your assumptions about us, be as cruel, be as mean, be as Which nice. pause is so bold. I would literally never do that. Like that is oh, negative comments. I would, fr- <laughs> I would cry. I would cry. Oh yeah. No, half of me was like, this is going to be the worst thing I've ever done or this is the best thing. I, and I actually, I was more excited though. I was like, I'm actually curious what people that aren't my friends, like their friends, because I always ask my friends, I'm like, what would you think of me the first time you met me? But this is like from people I have no idea, like that just fault strictly is just an Instagram page that they never have said hi to me before. Oh my God. I mean, it went from going to like, you guys are like mean girls in high school, like, or you were super spoiled or Sistine's the mean one. You're the goody two shoes, Sophia. Like, and all of this stuff was coming up. I'm like, okay, like I can see where people was. I'm, I don't see the mean girl part. Like I wasn't, I was actually the bullied kid in high school. But Were you really yeah. the bullied kid? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, definitely. I wasn't like the cool kid. I learned by like make outfit choices. This took 23 years in the making. <laughs> the glow up? The glow up was a very slow, 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 slow incline, but we're getting there. We're getting there. It's almost good because then you know what it's like to not be glowed up. So you just, that's maybe why you were so humble and January. Oh yeah. Know what it's like. (laughs) No, I I spent my days, especially like my ninth grade. I was sitting in the library because I loved books, eating my double chocolate muffin by myself because (laughs) I was just, (laughs) I don't have a ton of friends, but I mean, there was all these assumptions about us. And I think that's why subconsciously, I do think that people think that way. Like they think, okay, she's, really going to be cold and standoffish or she's going to be really bitchy or she's going to be really uninterested in anything I have to say. And that's why even my sister's like, I don't even know where they get Sistine being the mean one. Like, I, I understand maybe her photos could be like perceived like that. That's just like this the sexist like, resting bitch face exactly. thing. Like she does, she does do like a, a very she's sultry cool look. Shit. She but looks like so Yes, on she does. And that's such a, th- a that's, it's so annoying that if we're not smiling as women, we're assumed like we're evil. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so that's, I think it's because I'm always like, like, yeah. <laughs> thing. And she's like so cool pose. Like she knows how to do it. They have those assumptions about us. And I was like, okay, we got to reinforce, like, this is not who we are. We are definitely goofballs, like love to run around. We're two young girls. We're not, we're figuring it out day to day. We're definitely not mean. We're not bitchy. I'm not spoiled. I very much know my privilege and I know what I have and I'm so grateful for it. And I'm not going to sit around and just like twiddle my thumbs, just wait for things to be handed to me or I'm going to work hard for it. So I try to make sure that I almost like not tell people that, but like come off as that. Like people are like, oh yeah, she's like smart. She's not going to just ignore what I have to say. No, I'm going to come back at you. We're going to have a conversation. I'm going to get to know you. Right, right. That is so bold. I could not ask people their assumptions about me. I maybe think I could, but I I, totally do it. Are you kidding? But I have my own like deep insecurities about me. And so if someone, so do I, are you kidding? (laughs) If someone nailed it on the head with one, like not that they, I could see someone being like, my assumption is that like, you think you're not smart enough to 
influence people. And I'd be like, oh, that's how I feel. I don't, don't think I'm that smart. <laughs> like, I, I, think, one, I think it would be something like that. And that's why I would. Yeah. One of them was like, you get everything handed to you and you just like, and you don't even like acknowledge that part of it. I'm like, oh my God, no. And that's like my insecurities. Like, I don't ever want to be like that. And that did freak me out. And then someone else said, and this got me so angry. They're like, you post about books all the time, but you don't read any. False. <laughs> I have a Goodreads account. I read all my books. I, I was like, I don't keep them as like, all You've my You've been reading I'm since like, the double chocolate muffin in library. <laughs> are you kidding? This has been a long time. I got hundreds and hundreds of books, Rex, if you want any. But I mean, those were the things I'm like, oh, like, no, I, I really like, or like you take photos of yourself in the gym, but you don't actually work out. I'm like, okay, if I do a couple sit-ups and my ad pops out, yeah, I'm going to take a photo of it. <laughs> it's going to last for 10 minutes, but going to document it. But yeah, I mean, they did hit some nerves on that. I was like, Ooh, like that's something that I do think about. I admire that. I've got to, I've got to get the courage. You got to just own it though, because like once you kind of hear everything (laughs) on the table that you kind of already assume people would assume about you and they just kind of tell you now to your face, basically like what it is, there's really nothing you can't handle. Like if anyone calls you something that you're always been insecure about, like insecure about, you read it over, you digest it, and you go, all right, that's not who I am. <laughs> talk but- about anxiety. I'll get like a DM saying something and my heart starts pounding because I'm like, oh my God, this is just, they didn't understand. Like, this is what I meant. And I'm like, Victoria, this is crazy. This person DM'd you hate and they moved on with their life. And you're here like having these heartbeats about it. Absolutely. I'm like, I'm not going to sit here because someone said I don't read books and freak out <laughs> about it. Like, I'm going to go move on with my life and I'm going to go read the next book. Like, you got to just, I, I honestly, I think some of them are funny. I, I just play around with it because I'm like, I would never do that to someone. I would never say something mean about anybody. But those are your assumptions. And that happens when you're on social media. Even if you're, even as much as I probably proclaim like, I'm nice, I'm nice, I'm nice. Someone can still say, no, she's lying. Like she's definitely putting on an act. And like, as much as you even say like, body positivity, this, this, this. Someone can say like, she's lying. Like you're, there's always going to be that there. So Mm-hmm. It's just knowing how to just, you have to have the confidence of yourself to just be able to say that that's know your worth. That I think that in the end of the day, that's what matters is I had to learn how to own my worth because if I don't own my worth, then I'm never going to get the things that I want to get or like feel like I deserve the things I want, which is a great relationship with my body and self, a great relationship with everybody else. And so if I'm just sitting here going like, like, I'm not worth it. I'm definitely unworthy of it. Then it's just going to be a spiral effect of negativity. And then there we are sitting by myself, twiddling my thumbs, being lazy. I love that. Know your worth. And lastly, when is unwaxed released? Because everyone wants to hear these assumptions. They want to get to the pod. I think it will be out by the time this airs. If not, what is the air date and what can we expect? So the air date is August 25th. It's on a Tuesday. Sistine and I have been working on this for the past year. By the way, everyone that's listening, podcasting is not easy. It is a lot of work. It's a lot of research. It's a lot of time. We definitely didn't sit around going, okay, like, let's just say we have a podcast and just like hope for the best. No, you got to work at it. You got to build your promos. You got to work on your pitch deck. You got to sell it to people. You got to sell yourself right off the episode. That's something that's been like, okay, I'm actually really excited that I'm getting to like work on something daily. But what people can expect from it is basically it's unwaxed. Like we're unfiltered, we're raw. I think it's so fun to ask people what they think of the show. And I'm like, what do you think of the name unwaxed? Like, what do you think it's going to be about? And everyone's answer is completely opposite. They're like, oh, you're going to be like 
on wax. Like literally I'm like gross. I'm not going to talk about that. Or, um, it's going to be ASMR waxing ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Or it's like, oh, you're going to be like, it's going to be a very feminist female driven podcast, or it's going to be basically what I said, real, authentic, genuine conversations. And we're going to go from talking about dating, sex, craziness with our comedian friends to even going to talking to like people like you, like that, that have like motivational speaking and like have all these experience about body positivity and image. And then we'll have doctors come on and talk about like maybe plastic surgery. So it's kind of like our brains just form into one show. Cause we definitely are not like, we, we kind of fly everywhere every week. We're like, no, we want to do that. So we want to talk about this. Zodiacs, like we want to, or astrology? Astrology. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm scared to say I don't believe in that stuff, but I'm going to get a bunch of people DMing me after this. Like, I can't believe you don't believe in it. It's okay. Yeah. It's not that, yeah. But I'm excited to listen to that. I'm excited to listen. Maybe you could turn me. Are you a believer? Yeah, definitely. I, I, well, okay. I'm not the person that's going to go up to a guy if I'm on a date, like, let's do Zodiac. Oh God, <laughs> right. Scorpio. It will not work. Yeah. I No, but it's funny because I've conditioned Sistine. She was definitely not a believer, but I read her horoscope every single day. And then one day she comes up to me and she goes, so like, what's my horoscope today? And so all of a sudden now she's like, <laughs> well, I need to know about it. So I wouldn't say I'm like, too, like nail on the head, like to- die hard horoscope person. But I think there are some things that are true about it. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. I, and there definitely has to be validity because there are so many people who value it. Also, I like someone telling me what's going to happen in the future. So I don't have to guess. I'm like, oh, God, okay, I'm having a <laughs> shitty week next week. Perfect. I'll plan for it. <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. That's great for the anxiety. We love right? that. <laughs> Thank you so much for yeah. everything today. I had such a great time talking with you. This was so oh, fun. Nice. Yeah, I just loved it. I had so much fun. Let's get together, do like a private Zoom. Yes, with each other. social distancing If you guys enjoyed this episode, make sure you check out Sophia online, follow her, stay up to date with her. Her Instagram is at Sophia Stallone. And also she just launched her podcast Unwaxed with her sister, Sistine. They talk about so many fun, crazy, hilarious things. So be sure to check that out. It's called the Unwaxed Podcast. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts and you can follow it on Instagram. So do support her. I'm so excited. There's two episodes out. It's fantastic. If you guys enjoyed this episode of Real Pod and you keep listening and you're loving it, which I hope you are, make sure you review, rate, subscribe so that you can be the first to hear these every single Wednesday. I'm so grateful. It means the world. And also don't forget to follow Real Pod on Instagram so that you can submit guests, see behind the scenes information and just be right on it. Thanks again for listening. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. And as always, keep it real.